0: Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Back right, to the show. Today we've got another monologue on the podcast. And uh, no, my voice has not changed. Um, this is the, this is just a special. Luke has a cold voice. Um, yeah, I was gone uh, this past week in uh, New York City with three of my good friends, Josh Ross, Josh Graves, and Chris Seedman. And uh, I think um, being away from Texas caused a physical response from my body of getting sick and ill, but now I have returned home and I am on the mend, but my voice has not figured that out, that I'm not sick yet. So, uh, I, I, you know, it's just, it is what it is today, so let's roll with it. And... Um, we're gonna do another monologue. I did one of these a couple weeks ago and um, appreciated the feedback from everyone And because of that i've decided to do another one And so what this is is a uh, project i'm working on that uh, it'll, it'll hopefully become something some point down the road, but uh, I want to share with y'all now and so it's gonna be me reading and uh, You know, i'll probably riff a little bit from the middle of it, but uh, it's a lot. It's gonna be a lot of reading and um Hope you all like it. Uh, I did one uh, a couple weeks back. It was called uh, Want or Wonder, and it was, uh, you know, about the idea of finding contentment uh, when you can't find satisfaction, and in this world, you're not going to get satisfaction, but what you can find is contentment, and so this is kind of picking off that theme uh, and building on it kind of like this is 2.0, or dare I say, like the next chapter, that same idea. And, uh, so if you didn't listen to the first one, I think you'll be fine with this one. You can jump in, but if not, I would encourage you to listen to that, that one first. Uh, so it'll make some of the stuff, uh, tie in a little bit better together. And, uh, before I jump into that though, we've got, uh, some good podcasts coming up. We've got, uh, I'm going to do a podcast on uh, a new book by Henry Nowen. Obviously Henry Nowen passed away a few years ago, but, um, There's a new book that's published. It was actually a lecture that he did in 1985 while he was at Harvard Divinity School. And uh, so the publisher sent me the book. They had a person who put it together, and I thought, "Uh, I'd like to talk about the book, but let me do it with some people who I know a little bit better. And so I'm going to have a couple friends talking about this new Henry Allen book that'll probably be out next, and then we've got N.T. Wright, and then we've got uh, John Mark Comer talking about, um, uh, what is the name of the book? Um radically eliminating hurry i believe that's the title of it something like that so those we've got coming up and um look forward to those but without further ado here we go the beginning of the circle a few days ago i was back in the living room and the girls wanted to do a stunt. Now, this is a common practice where some combination of two of my three daughters hold up the other daughter. It would make sense for the youngest one to be picked up, but stunting doesn't always make sense. And as we all know, stunting isn't easy. Now, despite their practice, I don't think a thin rug over a tile floor in our living room is the right place to practice a stunt. So I tell them, as I've told them many times before, that they must get the two pink and purple gymnastic mats out from the closet so there are no more concussions. But somewhere between getting the mats out and placing these mats on the ground, the game has changed. Stunt time became fort time. How that happened or why it happened, I'm not sure. But I would bet my truck that it has something to do with our middle child. Within seconds, these mats are now stood up on their end, velcroed together, encircling part of the rug as they're fortified... Area Living room decorations get thrown into place, pillows on the ground, decorative blankets thrown over the mats, a sign in our eldest daughter's handwriting hangs on the outside of the fort, letting the world know that this structure belongs to Avery, Adeline, Audrey, and the dog, Oliver. Now, Lindsay and I are in the living room as well, and we enjoy this moment of respite because unbeknownst to our daughters, the girls are now in a cage, and the adults now have a chance for a moment to finally talk after a busy day we settle into the couch as a request is lofted over the fort's walls daddy mommy come in the fort now do i want to get up no it's the end of sunday my busiest work day and i am running on fumes i'm exhausted and enjoying the surprising comfort of our couch but guess what we do we get up and go to the fort now the five of us are in the circle that's not much bigger than a breakfast table but much joy is being served inside Avery perfects every detail, just like her mother, making the circle just right. Adeline's jokes and games fill the circle with laughter and smiles, and Audrey, she's just being the boss, keeping everyone in the circle on their toes. And in this moment, I have a profound sense that this circle is its my circle. And just as a match transformed into a princess fort for my daughters, they've transformed into a perfect picture of the contentment I possess in my best of moments. My circle is no more the actual structure created by pink and purple mats than a gold ring is marital faithfulness or a framed piece of paper is a surgeon's proficiency. Yet both picture a commitment to a faithful way of life. The circle metaphorically barricades with contentment my soul from a world-hungry for satisfaction, It accepts the here and now, the me and them, the pain and the happiness, the gratitude and regrets as my truest expression of the life that I have both been given and I've created in this circle. It's enough because what else could I need? I don't need to carry the weight of my regrets from what I could have, should have, or wish I would have done. I don't need more positive feedback or less criticism. I don't need more adventures on the horizon. I don't need more books sold, though my daughter's college funds would sure appreciate it. I, I don't need more. It's enough not because there aren't desirables outside the circle, but because contentment walls up around my soul, letting what is outside remain outside. It's enough not because of the absence of desired objects outside the circle but because of a presence that protects me from the pool of satisfaction. It's not enough because there's an absence of desired objects outside the circle, but because that there is a presence within the circle that protects me from the pool of satisfaction. And the circle, in that moment, in that living room, becomes this metaphor for this disposition that I'm trying to live into. Where on the outside, there always appears to be just a little bit more that I want or I need, but do I really need it? And what I want to do now is I want to share with you the power of finding your circle. And so for you to find out what your circle is, let me first say what it is not. Your circle isn't the great title or the terrible failure. Your circle isn't what you could be, or what you wish you were. Your circle isn't what you possess, or what you foolishly passed upon. Your circle isn't just the moments of life without frustration and inconvenience. The circle is the place where you can echo the words of Joan Chittister. In this moment is the essence of everything glorious I've been given in life, and it is Enough. The circle is the disposition that defines this moment as whatever moment you are in, whatever feeling, whatever the bank account, whatever level of failure or success. All of those things are the moment that contains all you need and contains traces of the goodness your creator imbued within every moment. The circle is a place where it's not about satisfaction, but it's about contentment. The circle isn't contingent upon circumstances outside because circumstances and satisfaction dance together. And remember, satisfaction is something that you never really get. But when circumstances lead, satisfaction clumsily attempts to follow with the success of two left feet because satisfaction always trips upon the small yet constant imperfections we experience. In life. Contentment evades circumstances as it follows its own rhythm. Contentment, on the other hand, is the click track that keeps one's life on rhythm when the irregularities of circumstances fail us. The byproduct of living within the circle is to live to that rhythm of contentment. The circle is what your life actually is. Stripped of dishonesty and illusion, it's who you actually are, not the cheap game of trying to impress people with our airbrushed bios or social media feed. The circle is full of reality and devoid of fantasy. As psychiatrist Dr. M. Scott Peck says, mental health is an ongoing process of dedication to reality at all cost. The circle is where mental health flourishes because it's exactly where and who you are. Your circle is the day that you find yourself in right now. It's not the day that you wish you were in. It's not the day that you don't have to carry the weight of wrong decisions you've made. It's the day that you were given not more, not less. It's not less regret. It's not less adversity. It's not more days. It's not more laughter. It's not... More, this is the day you've been given. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Yesterday has enough regrets of its own. But today is where you are. So stay there. So stay here. Stay now. As Henry Nouwen says, we have to learn to live fully in the present. Because God is always the God of now, of here. The day in which we live is the day of the Lord. If anything is happening that is spiritually valid, it is happening here and now at this moment. As you sit here, as you pray, it is always here. And that's the circle. It's right it's right here and what walls you off from jumping to the next place and the next time and different reality and a different moment is contentment. Contentment is the wall. It's, it's the proverbial mats that encircle your reality. And you say, it's, it's this right now. And that's all I need. But I know the question that comes up is, but what about that thing that's missing? But what about that, that one area that's not fulfilled? And I know most of us can name it. And that unfulfilled longing, whether that be romantic, professional, personal, it's, it's that hole in your life. And whatever it may be, I know you've thought you could be content with your circle if and only when that part of your life experiences resolution. And I get for some of us, it's the most basic of the hierarchy of needs and others, it would be described by someone not named you as a non-essential luxury. But there's something that's missing. And the most Unsettling secret I've come by in life is that no matter how full someone's circle appears to be, there is always a facet of their life that's unsatisfied. And because of that, there's always some temptation that's drawing them and pulling them outside of the circle. And even the most picture perfect household with a 2.5 smiling kids, a white picket fence and the new SUV with a 3.1 sticker on the back can feel like something is missing. A damning lie exists within the human soul that causes this. And that lie is that our circle requires getting everything perfect before we can gratefully accept our circle and our life. Because the human experience doesn't afford any one of us with the feeling that we've ever arrived. And while we can always perceive that there's another level with something better and something more, what we found in life and what I've seen time and time again is that whoever that is that seems to have that has another person they're looking up to wondering, I wish I just got that. The person that you look to as though they've received the perfect circle, I'd wager they in their darkest moments, see someone a few notches above them, whatever that means and thinks their level is the one where contentment becomes easy. When there's no actual indicator that up there, wherever there is, actually contains more satisfaction. Because the only contentment you experience in the next tax bracket is the contentment that you bring up there with you. And the same is equally true. The contentment you find when you inevitably slide down into less financial, less physical, less health, less relational levels of satisfaction is the contentment that you bring down with you. When we feel entitled to be discontent with the lot we've been given, know that everyone feels that feeling, and that feeling isn't unique or original to you. Your discontentment is something that is not new under the sun, because all circles are a little bit incomplete. And this isn't to diminish the difficulty some have to experience contentment, Because each of us have our own circles. For some, the circle is quite bare and sparse, and for others, the circle is overflowing with excess. Others have a spacious circle, but for each of us, no matter the varying difficulty, the task is still the same of not joining the dance of circumstances and satisfaction, of not letting our mentality follow the circumstances we experience. The secret is that everyone can feel unsatisfied with what's within their circle. Not everyone does, but everyone has the ability to feel it. The solution isn't to find something outside of your current circle to give you contentment. What you need for contentment is already within you. Like the old adage goes, whatever peace you find upon a mountaintop is a peace that you have brought with you. The peace we experience from the contentment within our circle circles come not from something outside of us, but a piece that we have access to within us. And here are the words of scripture. That the apostle Paul writes from prison. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have re- revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need for, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. In Roman prisons, the type that Paul occupied, food wasn't given to every inmate like it was in modern prisons. And so for a prison in antiquity... For a prisoner in antiquity like Paul, they needed outsiders to provide them with food. And so the Philippian church that Paul writes this letter to expressed their concern for Paul through that type of support. But what Paul didn't want them to be confused to was his condition and his level of need. Paul knew the secret isn't in acquiring everything you want. It's not that God gives everyone supernatural powers to always acquire and achieve what one wants. The secret is that you don't believe the lie that what's on the outside will somehow satisfy you. Paul experiences contentment despite having an unsatisfying amount of food and resources because circumstances, whether good or bad, cannot create satisfaction. What can create contentment, on the other hand, is giving up the game of satisfaction by receiving the trust that what God has given you is enough. So to expect your circle to ever be perfect is the futile game of satisfaction, a game that will always leave you Disappointed and wanting more, but to accept your incomplete circle is the work of contentment. Now I'm gonna be honest; I don't pretend to always be within the circle. In lesser moments, when I begin drifting and wandering, and wondering—excuse me—how much greener the grass on the other side of the fence is, I've. Created this this practice where I I touch my index finger to my thumb, creating a, a little picture of a circle. And that simple act sobers me back to sufficiency, to the sufficiency of my reality. And that same circular shape fights off the damning draw of satisfaction because it reminds me that what I need, it's not out there, but it's within me. And it's here and now, it's not on another day, but this day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And this is the day that God has entrusted me to steward. Well, Uh, the psalmist writes in Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. So I will rejoice. You weren't promised a perfect circle and you weren't promised another day to hope that your circle will be fulfilled then. But what you were given is today. And this day doesn't have to satisfy me. But it's still enough. This day doesn't have to give me the family life that I pictured, the job I've dreamed about, or the reality or the opportunities that I crave, but it's enough. This doesn't still, this doesn't still, excuse me, this day still has the struggles and it might still have the regrets, but it is the day that the Lord has made. And again, we can turn to the wisdom of Henry Nouwen on this subject. Nowen writes this, This is the beauty of the spiritual life. You can be where you are. You don't have to be anywhere else. You can be fully present to the moment and trust that even in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggle, something of God is at work in you and wants to reveal itself to you. So be here. Be quiet. Listen. And the circle is a sign of contentment that God is at work right here and right now, not because everything you want is within you, but because you choose to be there because you know it's right for you. And that's the difference of the kennel and the porch. So when I was a kid living in West Philadelphia, where I was born and raised, my father spent a weekend building our dog, this golden retriever a mix named Sunset, because guess what? It was the color of the sunset. Yeah, great name. Um, but our dog was given a kennel because my father spent a weekend building this kennel, and a cool and included in this little kennel next to our house uh, a covered dog house, uh, a small grassy area for to play in, and then the six foot tall chain link fence to keep him safe, and a concrete uh, row of concrete pavers around the fence's bottom border. Also, for the excuse of keeping him safe, but really just to keep uh, Sunset caged in. Um, But, you know, that's the same thing. Neither here nor there. So, the first day, Sunset was left in the kennel alone. This golden retriever dug all the way underneath the concrete pavers and then an extra few inches so that Sunset could wiggle... His little body, you know, I forgot, is Sunset a boy or a girl? I feel like I need to research that. I think he was a girl, so I should say she. Nevertheless, Sunset, (laughs) I I wasn't super close to the dog. I'm just saying. I wasn't like, it was more my brother's dog than my dog. Nevertheless, uh, the the dog uh, crawls out from underneath the kennel. And when the family comes home that evening, we find the dog not in the kennel, but on the front porch. And what we misconstrued for a required need to gate the dog in, we missed the bigger point. That sunset's circle wasn't, it wasn't the kennel. It was our property. See, the dog circle wasn't the kennel, but the family property. The fear is that he would completely leave, or she, that she would completely leave and never be able to find a way home. But what we didn't realize is that inside of this dog was, a, it was an acute awareness of exactly where the dog needed to be and didn't need a fence to keep them in. And just as I could physically get out of my children's mat fort because the walls aren't that strong, the dog could escape our property because the kennel isn't that secure. And each of us can leave the circle. We're not physically held there. And satisfaction is always enticing us out. But if you have the wisdom of that dog, you realize that you might be able to leave and you might go out chasing what you think is out there. But if you're truly wise, you know that where you need to be is right here and right now. And even if you can leave, you don't need to leave. And so we, in our moments of health and wholeness and peace, we return here, whether it is by a simple hand gesture A simple line of poetry from the Psalms like, this is a day the Lord has made, so I will rejoice. Or a prayer as simple as the words, God, I'm here because I know you are here too. We do these things and we stay right here. Not because we need a mat to keep us there, not because we need a fence to force us to stay, but because we know intuitively that this is the right place for us to be. So this week, may you remember, to stay where you need to be, to not live in fantasy, to not run from reality, but to embody everything in the moment that you are in because of this reason, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And so you will rejoice. And there is no better act of rejoicing than by making your life a living sacrifice of honoring everything God has given you by living into every bit of your reality. And so may you do that this week because you know the secret of contentment, that you can do all things and embody every aspect of the human experience which God has given to you and put in your day because you know it's enough and that God is enough with you. Well, brothers and sisters, may you live into these words this week. Thanks for listening. See you later. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.